This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, a power-packed show we have today. I always say that, but it's it's mostly true. It's a fun show. Um, (laughs) Now, there's so much news going on, I don't even know where to start. I've been watching my friend Lauren Fix, and Lauren is a machine when it comes to pumping out content. She's on the phone right now. You can find her online at uh, carcoachreports.com. Her YouTube page is Lauren. What is it? Uh, Car Coach Reports. Car Coach Reports. Yep. And then there's, oh, I know what it is. The Twitter and the Instagram is, Twitter is at Lauren Fix, Instagram, Car Coach Reports. You can find her all over the place. Lauren Fix, F-I-X. That's actually her last name. She's married to Paul Fix. That's his last name. Anyway, Lauren, I got to tell you, first of all, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday this week, our good friend Carl Brower. Oh, God rest his. Um, uh, well, he's no, he's still alive. Don't get me wrong, but God. He's alive. I was just talking to him about yeah. an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you already know that. God rest the fact that he didn't sell his uh, Ford GT on uh, Cars and Bids, the website. Cars and Bids. It's owned by Doug Demuro. Yeah. So Did not. It was a you know no what? sell. I'm glad he didn't sell it. You know, when you sell a car like that, as you know, you don't get a second shot at it. So like Ford's going to go, we're going to build another one. Well, that's what he said. That they did build a second one. So now he's thinking, maybe I should just keep it. Maybe that's the sign from God that I should keep it. But it it went to $705,000, everybody. Now, you're thinking, oh, my gosh. Lauren, you know. But they're worth, like, close to a million. I think think his, because his was a carbon. A Ford GT Carbon 2019. I think his would have broke a million. I think it would have broke a million at Barrett-Jackson maybe or, you know. But here's the problem. On a normal day was what I was going to say. This week has not been a normal week. Well, we had the complete meltdown of the banking system. Gold and silver was going through the roof there for a few minutes. You know, everybody's uh, running in fear and it just wasn't a good week. And he kind of knew that on Monday when he's like, oh, my gosh, you know, the, the whatever. All these different banks were just falling apart. Well, banks have a lot to do with people's money, which has a lot to do with their spending habit. When they're watching the banks fail, they're thinking maybe now is not a good time to buy a million dollar car. Hmm, what do you think, honey? No. So, well, you know, I'll tell you what. I just got back from Amelia Island. Yeah. And they're spending money like it's going out of style. Yes, but it was sales. it was before the meltdown, right? Right. Well, yeah. gold and silver and crypto are hot. I mean, I play a little bit in crypto, not a lot because I'm not crazy. I'm just not comfortable yet. I guess it takes time. But Bitcoin is up just about twenty five thousand as we speak. Ethereum is up. Polkadot. And even some what they call meme coins, which are like crappy coins, like Shiba New, even that's up 2%. Yeah, it's weird. So that'll though. tell you people are like, and, you know, maybe it's time to look at other things because no one trusts the Fed. And we know interest rates are going to go up. We have absolutely inflation. There's no question we're in a recession, even though they deny it. And it's, it's going to keep going up. I mean, 
Powell's already said, oh, yeah, we're going to do another rate hike. Oh, great. Thanks for letting yeah. us know because you're just killing people because what it literally it means it's going to be unemployment. And they've questioned him in front of the Senate. They said, hey, you know, you realize that when you increase interest rates, it, it correlates with higher unemployment. And he said, yeah, I know. Well, so a a good example to what you're saying, I'm going to build a little spec house on a piece of property that I have. And I went, I called the bank about three weeks ago and I said, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to borrow. And this is my bank. It's a good little bank, really great little small town bank. And they said, okay. I said, what's the rates? And he goes six and a half. And I went, oh, geez. Oh man. Or six and a quarter, whatever it was. No more free money. So, but check out what happened this week. It went up a full point to seven and a half or whatever. You know, it's like it was, whether it was seven and a quarter, seven and a half, whatever it is, I was like, what? But the bank said, let me check because we gave you a rate. You said, let's do it. They actually, a good small bank will honor their word. Believe it or not. So the small banks, to yeah, me... Yeah, well, most banks, you know, most banks, but they're small. And, yeah. uh, and this is the problem, because the little banks are the ones that are taking the hit. Yeah, when well... When these big banks get the big bailout, your FDIC means you're protected at the $250,000. So yeah. apparently that's not the case anymore. No one told us it changed, but apparently it did. Well, I think uh, kind of like uh, the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, you know, the small mm. banker will be saved by the good people of the small town. We'll be right back. You're listening to <laughs> that's right, The Drive. Uh, Lauren Fix has got a whole bunch of news. She's going to talk a little bit about Amelia Island, the Concord, what happened there. and A lot to unfold here in the next hour with Lauren Fix. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, this is The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. We appreciate all our sponsors. Um, gives us the freedom. They, they give us the freedom to speak what we believe and, and talk about things we're passionate about. And Lauren Fix is here, and she shares that same thing. Our, our amendments are very important to us. Uh, Lauren Fix, mm-hmm. Amelia Island Concord. I haven't been in a couple years. It's on the other side of the world for me. It's on your side of the coast. So uh, you went. Uh, give yeah. us a little uh, five minutes of uh, Amelia Island, or the Amelia, as it's called. The Amelia, yes, because it's operated now by Haggerty. So right. it was run by a gentleman for a long time, and he decided it was time to retire and pass it along. So he sold. I'm sure he did pretty well. He sold the Amelia Island Concord Elegance 
to Haggerty. Now, Haggerty has turned it into an event company. So you may know them as collector car insurance or performance car insurance, but now there's so much more. They own Radwood. They do a Cars and Community, which is like a Cars and Coffee. They own a bunch of different concours, including the Detroit Concours, which I judge at all these. Mm. So my husband, Paul, who's one of the Amelia, and, uh, and I went down to judge. And uh, it was rare that I actually had, a, I didn't have, they always give me the, this is your class. And it's either something I know nothing about, mm. or it's way back out in the North 40. But I lucked out this year. I had some really awesome cars. But what runs up to the big Concord, and we'll talk about that in a second in the winners, is four fabulous, it's going to be three next year, but four this year, amazing auctions. Uh, why I say why three is in the past, RM auctions was always on the property. Well, they got booted out because there's a new auction house owned by Haggerty called oh. Broad Arrow Group. Oh, and no. so they took <laughs> on the property at the risk, which means they moved RM out in North Fort, not even on the property. They right. were like way out near Bonhams near the airport. And there was gooding down at the Omni. But so I wanted to go through some interesting things. We see a correlation. We're just talking about the economy. We see a correlation with inflation and the stock market and what's going on with interest rates. So when interest rates get high and the market's in question or it starts to drop, people take their money out. And I say, I'm not going to take any more of a loss. I'm not going to go through an 08 drop or, God forbid, a 1929 crash. So what they do is they take their money out and they invest in things like coins and artwork and cars because you can drive your investment. Like you were just talking about Carl. He's got a GT. That's an investment. He will never get hurt on that car I just I love Doug Demuro. I think he's a great guy, but I believe that that's probably not the right place to sell a GT. Usually, it's bring a trailer or you take it to an auction house. But he gave it a shot because they're friends, so he gets to keep the car, which is probably a smart move. So here's what's interesting. So you look at the numbers: new record sales for four auctions at the Amelia. That's Gooding, Bonham, Broad Arrow, and RM Sotheby's. Hundred and seventy-eight. Point four million dollars in sales. Ooh. That's a lot of money. One hundred and seventy-eight point four million. I mean, if you had that kind of sales, then anything that's good. So the, the big thing with that number is the sell-through rate. So when you say, okay, there's a hundred percent of the cars that they all sell that were available, then you have a hundred percent, right? Right. So if you have anything from eighty percent and higher of sell-through, that's good. That means that anywhere between twenty percent or less either get sold separately, sold outside the auction, or the owner takes it back. So I'll just give you some numbers just because it's kind of cool to hear some of these cars. Gooding Auction had the big, big sale, and Gooding was down at the Omni. They have a new single record sale of a 1962 Ferrari. It's a real pretty car. 250 GT, short wheelbase, California Spider. If you want to see it looks like, I have pictures on my Instagram at Lauren Six. I also have a full video of all this at Car Coach Reports. That sold for $18 million. Oh, that's so bizarre to me. Yeah, that's just so bizarre. I guess, you know, when you have that much money. You know, there's two ways to buy that, right? So you and I go, we're going to get 10 of our friends, and we're each going to put in $1.8 million. Now it doesn't seem so crazy, right? (laughs) So now you got 18, you know, I'm just saying. I don't want to do a timeshare with a car like that. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, that's what they do. They do like almost like a timeshare. They, there's companies that do. This is the newest investment model. I don't know if I agree with it. I they don't. buy cars, no one drives them. They park them and they go, "Hey, let's oh. to sell that Ferrari. Whatever profit we make, we split the profit equally." Yeah, you know what? Hold on a sec. We got to take a break. I just, I guess I'm a loner in that I way. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I can't do, do that yeah. either. Uh, Lauren Fix is with us. CarCoachReports.com. Uh, at Lauren Fix on Twitter and uh, Instagram is uh, hashtag Car Coach Reports. We'll take a little break. Come back. We're talking about Amelia Island, the Amelia, and some of the auctions there and what cars sold for with this financial garbage going on. Stuff still bringing a lot of money, but that was just before the crash. We'll be right back. Hang up with those good Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger, and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This is The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor, and uh, Lauren Fix is with us. Lauren Fix is the car coach. You'll see her on everything from Fox, uh, ABC, NBC, all the Alphabet Soup uh, television stations, and the Weather Channel. She also uh, plays with us here on The Drive. Thank you, Lauren, for doing that, by the way. Hey, I'm thrilled to come on and check cars anytime. Well, the nice thing is we have... We have the ability to talk about, you know, openly whatever we, we want to about what's going on in this crazy world, which I think is very important for people to hear kind of the, uh, what do you want to call it, the rest of the story. And that's what we're able to do with a two-hour radio program. You can do that. When they give you a minute and a half to talk about 12 different cars, makes it a little hard, you know? Oh, it happens to me all the time when I'm on Fox. They're like, you've got seven cars in three minutes. It's like, don't interrupt me. And then they want you to go to each vehicle, and they got a camera guy chasing me. And you're like, okay, this is this. You know, next, and it costs this next car. Yeah, yeah it's too it's, funny. It's brutal. So in the last segment, we were talking about the cars, some of the cars at the Amelia Concours, and mm-hmm. the cars sold for gigantic millions of dollars at the auction. I want you to pick it up from there and just continue and and we'll get to the other side of this because there's so much news to talk about that is going on because of not only financial things, but the changing winds of what's happening in our world with electric and all the, you know, I mean, we even talked about the AM radio might be going away, right? They're trying to do away with AD. This all stuff we'll be talking about, but continue with uh, the Amelia. All right. I just want to finish a couple of cars at Gooding that that achieved some top sellers, Mm -hmm. two Ferrari Dinos. Really nice 206 GT and a 246 GTS. I love the Dino. I just it's a cool little small Ferrari. And of course, it wasn't if you've popular. got $868,000 laying around. Oh my God. <laughs> How much? Yeah. All right. Well, 868000 Almost a million bucks. I was going to say, they weren't that popular of a car, the Dino. No. You no. Know? But now they're super popular. Right. You know, remember, I think the sell through rate of all four auctions was 87%, which is huge. Wow. And the average sale of all the auctions is about $455,000 per vehicle. Obviously, mm. there's some that were in the 20s and the, you know, in the 10s and others that were millions. 
for example, RM Sotheby's had a cumulative sale of 63.2 million with an almost 90% sell-through rate. Man. And they sold the Pagani Zonda, which is really a cool car. Any, any Pagani, if you don't know what it is, it's P-A-G-A-N-I. Look it up. Really cool car sold for 5.3 million. Everyone's hand built. The owner's a little bit nutty of Pagani. Like six different vendors for carbon and no one knows what the other one does. I mean, he's super protective. Unique cars. I've always thought they were pretty cool. I don't know if I'd ever want to own one, even if I had the money. Bonham's auction was the one out at the airport with RM. They had $12.8 million in sales. Average sales, 160000 a little less expensive. They had a 1966 Ferrari 250, super fast sell for $1.9 million. And Broad Arrow, which is owned by Haggerty, had almost $30 million of sales with an 80% sell-through rate. And they only had like 104 cars, but their number one seller was a 2015 McLaren P1. That's one where you sit in the middle and the second row sits behind you. It's kind of wacky car, 2.4 million. So that, that's pretty cool. But the thing is, what do you do if you had that money and you owned a car like that? Or you just own a nice car. You could own a Lada, which is a Russian car. But what do you do if you want to show it? Well, you take it to places like the Concordia Elegance in Amelia. There's one in Detroit, the you know, Pebble Beach, all over the world. And the winner was a 1935 Voisin C25. It's a French car. It's an Aerodine. So it's a really cool car. You're just better off looking at the Amelia or looking at my video to see what it looks like. It's a cool car. And the race car, because it's considered the race core Concorde, was a 64 Ferrari 250 LM. So there's neat cars. So if you have a car, you go, what am I going to do with it? Just park it in the garage? No, you're going to drive it. You're going to take it to shows and you're going to be proud of it. Mm. Unlike a Monet sitting on the wall. It's like, great. No one's coming over to the house to see it because someone's going to steal it. Right. You know? right. You're not show people your gold coins. You're not going to get online and show them your investments in crypto. You know, but, let, me, let me open up my hard wallet for you. You know what's funny? So, you know, is that's an interesting thing about cars is it's. I can't say it's stealth wealth because it's not stealth, but I mean, when you have a car that's, you know, millions of dollars, it is proven wealth because if you can afford that kind of thing. So do people use it for that or is it just the cool factor? Or when you get that much money, do you even care what people think anymore? Probably not. Then again, who knows? Well, you know? I don't think you'd care, but I think what's interesting that what people do, and this is the interesting thing, is when they have a car like this, these Ferraris, we're both friends with Peter Kluth. He'll take the car to Pebble Beach. He'll show it to people. Someone will always come and say, wow, that is a really nice car. I'd love to own that. Well, one day I'll let you know. You keep the name. Maybe you decide you've had enough. You've won every car show possible. You hand it off to the next owner. Right. Or you decide you want to cash out and buy something else, whether it be land or yeah, something, right. a plane. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat. Next level up. Point, right. Buying a plane. Yeah. yeah. That's too funny. All right. We got about one minute left. Any highlights in the Amelia that makes you kind of go, this was cool? Yeah, every year there's something called Radwood, and mm. it's all the things of the 80s. So people dress in the 80s. I know what you look like in the 80s, and <laughs> I didn't look at all the same in the 80s. <laughs> but there was a guy driving around in a latrine, and he won the funniest car. And they just have fun, like Japanese junk or American rust buckets. I mean, they, ha they just have so much fun with it. If you ever see a Radwood, it's R-A-D-W-O-O-D. Look it up. Hysterical. You'll just laugh, and it'll make you remember those crappy cars that we all own. <laughs> I remember that I had extremely long hair, not down to my shoulders, but it was definitely influenced by John Travolta in, like, uh, 
What was the name of that movie where he did all that crazy dancing? Nineteen seventy-eight or nine, some somewhere in there, seventy-seven. Um, oh, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Fever, Fever right? yeah, with the big giant collars. I had long hair like oh, that, and geez. you know, and people and look at it, and I, of course, what do you think? I had like three hairs on my <laughs> chest. You know, I was proud of those little three hairs. I would braid them. We'll take a break. <laughs> Lord Fix is with us. CarCoachReports.com. She's got a lot going on there. We'll be right back. Stay with us. With a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And Lauren Fix joining us, my good friend from the eastern region. East Coast, that is. <laughs> CarCoachReports.com. Not, not Europe. No, yeah. I know. I was going to say, wait a minute. I better clarify that. Um, so, uh, did I see you with Peyton Manning on TV? What's the story here? Yeah. What, what were you doing? Well, I got a call. I got a call last summer. It's someone from the History Channel saying, hey, we'd like to have you do a show. And they talked to me. And I said, okay. And uh, they said it was with Peyton Manning. That was funny because I like, I know Formula One, NASCAR, IndyCar. I watch all the racing. I know I watch football a little bit. But I'm like, I know who he is. But it wasn't like I'm going to go, oh, my God, I'm going to drop everything for this guy. So everyone was laughing at me like, you don't know who Peyton Manning is? Yeah, I know who he is. <laughs> so he and I did a show with, um, let's see, my guy. There was Rick DeBrule, who's excellent. Um, bunch of other car folks. Steve Magnante. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of car people. Of course, Adam Carolla. And uh, we all talked about the the greatest of all time. But I could not convince them into the vehicles that I wanted to convince them into. They had already decided what the greatest of all time was. So we had to kind of work with what we got. So that's GOAT. <laughs> greatest of all time. GOAT. That's when they say somebody's yeah. the GOAT or yeah. the car is the GOAT. Greatest of all time. Okay. He's a GOAT for sure. Well, yeah. obviously, he's been doing this. Just a lot, long, long time. But as far as cars, I mean, they're doing the greatest of all times for different subjects. And when it came to the cars, they said, hey, you want to do it? And I said, sure. So uh, we picked 10 great cars. I have the link on my website. It's actually, you have to go to the top comment, and it's there because History Channel buries it, of course. Uh. But if you want to look for it, it's greatest of all time, Peyton Manning, and put in cars. It's season one, episode two. And... Uh, of course, I'll just tell you what the top car is because you knew I would pick yeah. it. What would I pick as the top car? A GT40? 
No, a Ford Mustang. Oh, okay. I thought maybe that because well, you, you have a GT40, they wouldn't let me. Why? They had the weirdest collection of cars. Oh, I said, a Ford GT, and they go, "No, we have Lamborghini." I go, "Well, Lamborghini's not a sports car. Lamborghini is an exotic or a supercar." Uh, and then they had a Mercedes Gullwing, and I'm like, "They had such a mix," and they had the you know the Pontiac Firebird and the Challenger, and I'm like, right. "You're missing a ton of great cars." They didn't have the Z car. The Z car is a classic sports car. They didn't have a nope, Z but car. But they had the Corvette. Oh my God! Well, so you know, so th- no there was Camaro. this is I'm what like, they, I didn't make this list. Right, this is what they give you to pick from. You're talking about. You couldn't just say you know the Ford GT or the GT40, the original or the the new one two Mm-mm. punch kind of a thing, one two three with the original, the the other one, and then this last one they've made. Wow, which really yep. kind of sucks nope. because they're giving you, they're not really giving you free reign. They told to... us. Yeah. No. Uh, this is how the deal goes when you get invited to these TV shows. As you know, Alan, you yep. know. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the deal. We've chosen the 10 cars. Your choice is one of two. You can Ugh. comply and <laughs> join us and make your comment and get on TV or don't. Yeah. Well, I would say the Mustang Don't fight is, us because you'll lose. Yeah. You know? I, if you look at the what what Kelly and Ryan do that I did for years, and from the beginning, was they would let the uh, the folks at the auto show pick the most important cars, and that's okay because I stayed out of mm-hmm. it. I thought it's better that I stay right. out of it so that it doesn't look like I'm being paid to say nice things. So what the heck? All right, you guys, whatever you want right. me to talk about, I'll talk about. But then there would come a point when a car would come on and I would I would have to fight for it. It's like, here's a brand new car that's coming out and it's not on the list to be on this week at all. When we're on for a whole week, you've got all these different cars. Uh-huh. I go, no, no, you've got to have this car. And I will tell you that one of the cars happened to be a Dodge Demon. Because I thought, well, that's good. At least you got a good one. Yeah, I thought, you know, well, they said, well, no, it's just, you know, it's just a challenger. It's just a challenger with more horsepower. I go, no, 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 no. There's so what? much no, that's more. That's car people talking. Right. And so, and the reason was, you know, to me, I was, I was very passionate about it. And they thought I was kind of crazy at first, but then they, you know what? They succumbed to the evil pressures of Alan. <laughs> well that's good so yeah that, sometimes it works i mean when i'm on fox and friends i get the same thing they're like we want uh, all these like they'll call me we want hydrogen powered cars i'm like well they're not making them yet maybe there's two or three that we are prototypes they're not going to bring their vehicles there yeah we well, should get those i'm like and you're like okay then you have to go and play the game i get you some electric cars some hybrid cars Tell me a price point. I mean, yeah. we're talking, you know, Rolls Royce, or are we talking Kias? I you know, know right. it's crazy. Well, and they the other and then point, you fight the for, other for four cars, and they want seven. Right, and the other point <laughs> was three minutes, which I agreed with from Kelly and Ryan, was that we don't want to have cars on here that are like over a hundred thousand bucks, and that was fine. 20 years ago when I first got started because $100,000 was a a very expensive car. But today, you can buy a $100,000 pickup truck very easily. Oh, So, you know, that's the problem. You can buy an F-150 and be at 100 grand (laughs) without even going to... Forget the Lightning. Just, you know... Right. You could do that with a GM. You could do that with pretty much anything. Yeah, they're all bouncing off 100,000 bucks right now for the loaded, loaded ones. But anyway, so yeah... the The average price for... A car payment's a thousand dollars. Yeah, no, it's it's nutty. Although I have to say, I remember leasing my. I have a Porsche Cayenne diesel, which you keep wanting to buy for me. I do. I still have it. (laughs) Not for sale. Okay. Um, 
I remember when at least it was a thousand dollars a month, and my husband was like, "Are you crazy?" I said, "I'm keeping this car." So when the lease ended, I bought it for like nothing. Yeah. But still, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Happens. What else is in the news? By the way, so you can find uh, Lauren Fix and Peyton Manning on this show. You could find it at CarCoachReports.com. You should, if you love cars and love the whole car newsy thing, uh, this is Lauren's uh, sweet spot. So, what else you got? What else? What else? Well, interesting. We all thought about buying cars online because a lot of people hate going in the dealer, although I like to go in and haggle with them. I like to beat them up. It's almost fun. Um, <laughs> but we've all kind of thought about Carvana and Varum and all this online buying. Right. What seems to be getting really sour these days, and especially for Carvana, things are really bad. Ooh. Their demand has shrunk. They sold all those towers that look like little Hot Wheels slots. You right. know, they just parked their cars in there. Right. Those have all been sold. They don't wow. even have them anymore. Wow. And they may not be around. Yeah, I mean... The, their biggest sale is, you know, buying used cars from the auction. They bought an auction house, and then they were thinking, now I've got our own flow of product. But there's so much competition out there. So this platform of Carvana may not be around much longer. Mm-hmm. They've had a pretty severe drop, not just in inventory. The prices of used cars have gone up. And I do cover that on my channel twice a week. I put out news stories. But, you know, there's no more incentive. People have started to look at used cars. Used car prices got high. Inventory got short because people started saying, you know what? Maybe I'll just, you know, keep my car. I'll buy it off the lease. So that means less cars available for the used car market. Right. And it's really put a squash on all these online places like Car Gurus and all that. And you can tell because they're letting people go. But, you know, they have a massive loss of $89 million a year later. Kind of tells you yeah. revenues have fell by 25%. That, we're talking billions of dollars here and oh. lots of jobs. Well, so I guess a billionaire owns it. Keep your car. Right? A billionaire owns it with his billionaire son. And uh, what do they say? A fool and his money are soon parted. They thought making those Pez dispensers for, you know, the towers of cars, people would, you know, say, oh, let's go look at that. You know, uh, oh, oops. People yep. actually look for value. Uh, we'll take a break. Lauren yes, Fix is do. here. CarCoachReports.com is her website. This is The Drive. Stay with us. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra, built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra. Well, it is the drive all across America and around the nation. Uh, People listen all over the world to find out what's going on in the America marketplace, you might say. Lauren Fix is here. CarCoachReports.com, at Lauren Fix on Twitter and CarCoachReports, Instagram. She's got information everywhere. She is a very prolific... is that the word? I'm trying to say that word again. I don't know how to say it. Is that the right way to say it? Plurif? Yeah. Pur- you said it correctly. Thank you. Plurif? Plurif. <laughs> Whatever. She makes a lot of videos and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> so we were talking. Did you? Was it you that said something about a bunch of, uh, was it Hellcats or Challengers that got stolen? Yeah. Have you seen the movie Gone in 60 Seconds? Yeah. The original and the new one? Uh, well, uh, this is real life. Uh, this is really cool. I mean, it's cool, and it's also really sad at the same time. It's cool <laughs> that they did it, but talk about evil kids. So, wait a minute, in, kids. There's been a couple of steps. Oh my kids. Gosh. Yeah. 
not adults. These are kids. Oh, maybe I did hear so about this. So there's a dealership yep. in Somerset, Kentucky, that had six Hellcats. Now, when you load those up, you're at a hundred grand. So, and now if you had those cars, you wouldn't leave the keys in a cup holder, right? You would put them in a lockbox, especially at night. Right? No, they left them in the cup holder. Oh so if people my wanted to hear God. it rev, they could rev the engine. Oh Six my of them. Gosh. So someone pulled up. They have it all on camera. Someone pulled up in an SUV, broke the window. Someone came in the building. Of course, alarms going off. Six kids. They open the doors because there's those two double doors to let the cars in and out. Oh, my God. Six kids fire up all the cars all at once. It's all on video. And they all drove up. It's on my website. It's absolutely <laughs> spectacular because it's like, like, and of course, they were gone in under 60 seconds. Wow. So by the time the cops showed up, three minutes, which is pretty good time. I mean, the cops, to wherever they are, they make their way over to the dealership. They didn't, you know, play around. Still, in 60 seconds. $600,000 worth of Hellcats are gone. Oh, my gosh. So did yeah. they, did they, so did they catch them? What's interesting about that is they found them, okay. some, most uh, of them. They found them all, but, but they didn't catch the kids. They uh, know what they look like. Four of the six cars stolen were retrieved in neighboring counties. One of the vehicles was recovered in Alabama, and another one was spotted in Tennessee, but they have not got it back yet. <laughs> so keep on going, hammer down. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I can laugh at it. And so I'll tell you that is, they're going to get caught. They're going to get caught. So here's something interesting. So you think, oh, that is just one thing. Here's a favorite story. It's, this whole video is about my favorite theft stories of the last week. Some idiot, and I say idiot, stole a, a Tesla Model X, filled it full of a bunch of supplies that were in this store, and they took off. And they realized they only had 14 miles left of charge. Oh, no. So they went to the Tesla charging station to charge. Yeah. And while they were there charging, the cops pulled in and arrested them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now, speaking. I know. Really? I know. You think they're not going to find you? You know, you would think that's something you would think about before you go do the theft. Now, you also had a little story about the charging stations. Tesla's doing something. We reported on it a few weeks ago. He's decided he's going to open them up or something. What's going on? Yeah, that's not exactly Elon Musk is sort of like P.T. Barnum. He kind of knows how to play the system to his advantage. Right. And I give him credit for that. I, I'm not the biggest fan of everything he's doing. I'm not really the, the neural link. I'm not putting a chip in my head. Right. But in the meantime, it's probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> so in the meantime, he agreed to open up. It says the statements across all the news headlines. The Tesla's going to open up all those charging networks to all EVs. So if you have an electric vehicle, you can charge. Yeah, that's not really the real story. So here's the real story. He was able to negotiate that he would only open up 3,500 of them, which is like 12% of the charging network. Oh, okay, yes. For $7.5 billion. Oh, man. So the government gave your tax dollars of $7.5 billion for him to open up 12% of his charging station, 3,500. But it gets better. This is how smart he is. You've got a Tesla, you plug in, you get fast charging, right? You get like level three, boom, boom, fast, fast. No, if you don't have a Tesla, you get level two charging. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you can sit there for seven hours. I'm just laughing. And you know he's uh, going to charge us. He's going to make money off the charge. And he made $7.5 Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. You know, Unbelievable. honestly. And guess who built those charging stations? Your state, your county, and your tax dollars. Yeah. This guy, he knows how to play the system. He plays the game better. It's like watching a shard, a, a, shard, a card shark. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you say, yeah, and or a, a magician, you're like, how does he do this? 
this guy is he's kind of oh, like you and a, I would be, never make it happen. No, no, no. But because he's a, he, I think he's dare I say a, some sort of a, a savant. You know, I mean, he is just yeah, really he is. he's on the spectrum. Yes, that's, that's sure. what it's called. I couldn't think of that word. The spectrum. Uh, oh either God. one, same kind of thing. So, so real yeah, quickly, definitely a different bird. Real quickly, in about uh, thirty seconds, this whole thing with the AM band. The AM band is the emergency mm-hmm. band too, in case there's a, an emergency. And uh, Lauren has told me that, that some of the automakers are not actually going to be even offering an AM channel in their new stereos. Give me thirty seconds. Yeah, so the reason for that is because on electric vehicles that it has an interference. Right. But on regular hybrids and gas, there's not a problem. But if they remove AM radios and there's an emergency broadcast, you may not get it through your radio. Mm. You're supposed to get it through your radio, your phone, your TV. But if you're not getting that signal, you could miss something very serious. Mm. So the federal government doesn't want them to drop it. But I guess the question is, is it dropping it because of the content that's on AM radio? Or are they dropping it because it's just another chip Ooh. to put in the car? Ooh. Or something else? <laughs> oh, there may be the fly in the ointment. Uh, is it the content? You know what? A lot of good talk radio on AM. We're going to take a break and come back. Last segment with Lauren Fix. She's got more good news. Stay with us. They got a lot of nice girls. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Our show brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Next weekend, I'll be able to tell you about Last Call, because I'll be going to that for Dodge. Ooh. Yes, Lauren Fix is in the background. Ooh. <laughs> Are you going to go to Last Call by any chance? Lauren? I can't. I'm going to be in Spain driving the last Jaguar F-Type, but I am ordering oh. one. Oh. I got an order of number. <laughs> so, last call. Not well, saying no to that. To you it. and I know the secrets. We can't say anything. That's right. You can't. We know a little bit about it. Uh, Lauren Fix. All I'll tell you is it's yeah. worth it. Car, there you go. CarCoachReports.com on uh, Twitter. You can find her at Lauren Fix. Very outspoken woman. Instagram at uh, the CarCoachReports or hashtag CarCoachReports. And uh, you can uh, you can find her if you look for her. What was it you said about uh, Carvana? You, you said you looked up something and saw it. What was it? Yeah, in between the, the commercial break, I said, geez, what is Carvana doing? So I thought, you know, because we were just talking about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just go look it up. 
sales are down 95%. Whoa. That's ridiculous. That's uh... 95% from a 52-week high, and the stock is down to, and this is as of the midweek, sixty-three a share. Mm. Yikes. I would say no. It's yeah. not a good time to buy. Yeah. I, would, I think it's too risky. Yeah. Just, just in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, yeah. she says to me, "Have you heard about these fifteen-minute cities? What was that? What it was called? Fifteen-minute city? Mm-hmm. What's the story there? Yeah, I heard a little bit. Yeah, uh, the fifteen-minute city is the government's plan to control how you travel and when you travel. So this is really interesting. So you're starting to see like we want you to have electric cars. Okay, well that kind of limits the distance that you can go. You can't go. With gas, you know, you pump up your car, your truck, your SUV, boom, you're across the country in no time, right? Right. Well, this is a little different. So what if they have electric cars and you're not allowed to charge? So there actually is a city, as we speak today, in the U.K. that says that you cannot leave your city with a vehicle or any other way of transportation without permission from the city council. Seriously. Weird. I'm like, how the heck did they let that pass? Well, it's already done. So they're trying to make it so within 15 minutes of wherever you live, everything you need will be there. The dry cleaners, the school, the grocery stores, everything. So you can walk. Everything's walking. Or you take a bus. But that's it. Well, It'll be, Or you can ride a bike. I mean, I, I don't want to live like that. You yeah. can live in a bubble. I don't want to live in a bubble. So I, 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 listen, here's my problem with all this kind of stuff. All these, uh, you know, they take the adventure out of life. And I think the reason why you and I and most car folks love cars is the adventure. You get to kind of go explore the world and and a car is a personal conveyance of who you are and you go where you want to, when you want to, and kind of how fast you want to for me. But anyway, but when you live in an area where they're trying to mandate and or control your every movement and then it's your every thought. You're back to 1984 all over again. That the move, you know, the the book 1984. Well, they're, they're trying to ban that book. You know, they're <laughs> yeah, trying to ban that book. I know they Seriously, are. Seriously, yeah. they're taking it out of the libraries. I'm like, what? It's too if true. You have a copy of 1984. Save it. Yeah. Because you may not be able to share it with your grandchildren. Oh That's my gosh. Scary stuff. Well, that I, I have all the original like Bugs Bunny stuff. I'm keeping all that because when my granddaughter gets older. I'm going to teach her sarcasm. The yeah. way By the way, that. you just said a big thing. The world should know. Congratulations to Lauren Fix has a brand new little beautiful baby granddaughter. Congratulations. Thank you. That will Thank be you very that, much. Yes, that, her name is Senna after Art and Senna. Oh, look at that. And that will be, by the way, the joy of the rest of your life is to watch your grandchildren and your children grow up, finish growing up, being parents and all this. And, and then yep. just make sure you also go out. We were talking about 1984. Make sure you buy some Dr. Seuss books before all the good ones are off the shelves. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have the originals. I have the originals from my kids. And my favorite, my kids used to love Go Dog Go. Oh so I, ha- I had copies of that and I gave it to them years later. But I have boxes of the books and I dug them out. Plus I have all like VHS tapes and I have a VHS player and CDs and I still have a CD player. And I'm <laughs> when they come to grandma's house, I'm Gigi. Gigi. Uh, we're going to see the, the real stuff. We're not going to see the fake modified. I have oh. original Disney stuff. Before it got woke. You know, it's really sad what's going on in this world. But you know what we have, everybody? We have each other to bring sanity back around. And uh, that's what we need to do for each other is make sure that we remind uh, each other of the real world, not the one that they want us to go to sleep to. Lauren Fix, thank you very, very much for being on with us for a whole doggone hour. It was fun. 
thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm playing a little Earth, Wind, and Fire, Boogie Wonderland, because uh, I'm taking myself back to the 70s where it was real. Uh, Lauren Fix, you can find her, carcoachreports.com, at Lauren Fix on Twitter, uh, hashtag carcoachreports. She's very good at what she does, and I appreciate her being on the show. We've got another hour to go. Don't go anywhere. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, a power-packed show we have today. I always say that, but it's it's mostly true. It's a fun show. George Kennedy joining us right now. Car tender, car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and right here on The Drive. He talks about uh, cars he's testing and driving for those different outlets. The most recent one being a 2023 Ford Expedition. Finally, something that George says is George-sized. How you doing, George? That's right. <laughs> Good. I'm doing great. Had a great time driving a vehicle that is commensurate with my size. There you go. So this is a kind of a perfect vehicle for families or, you know, somebody that wants to move people, you might say, this 2023 Ford Expedition. What is new about it? Well, for one, we drove, I, I believe it was the Stealth Performance Package. Ah. So, you know, first of all, Ford Expedition, big three-row, one of, one of the few that are still out there, like the Chevy Tahoe right. or GMC Yukon, et cetera. And it can tow 9,300 pounds. It doesn't have a V8. It doesn't offer a V8, but it offers a twin-turbo EcoBoost V6 of varying output levels. So, like, the base model has 380. This Stealth Package or Performance Package has the high output version. So you're talking 440 horsepower. Wow. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's great power and you feel it. I mean, it's, you know, yes, we miss the sound of, of a V8. That's a, a great American sound, but the V6, especially Ford twin turbo EcoBoost V6, I think has been this great cornerstone to their current large vehicle lineup. It underpins, you know, most of their lineup for their trucks and it does a great job in this vehicle. Hmm. You know, it's funny. They don't even offer a V8. And this is a full-size, big, manly, can I say that, SUV. But it's got <laughs> this little V6 in it. And I remember, you and me both remember, you're not young enough to be able to say I'm not old enough, uh, that <laughs> when a little V6 was in something, it was always going to be underpowered. But 440 horsepower, goodness. Well, that's all thanks to forced induction, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Turbocharging, supercharging, all that stuff. It helps extract more power out of a smaller engine, and that's great. It's, you know, there's eco in the name. I think, you know, fuel economy is, it's not a huge quantum shift from the, the naturally aspirated V8s, but it's an improvement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What kind of, I mean, we're talking, you know, in the high teens and We were low averaging 20s? like 17 and a half. 
Okay. Which is good. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. we had we had the rear wheel drive version. They offer four by four and, and rear wheel drive. Right. The stealth performance package too is a, a little funny. First of all, it's you know, like many automakers, they're doing this like, you know, blacked out trim package. So black grill, black wheels, you know, black lettering on the car. But then the other really kind of funny detail that I kind of had to chuckle at was the red brake calipers. <laughs> well, that's how they say performance, you know. It's jewelry. Yeah, that's how you know that it's performance. Right. You know, that those red brake calipers, they add about 10 horsepower. You know that, right? Oh, you know, it's stopping <laughs> horsepower. But what kind of brakes are they? Are they Brembo or are they just stock Ford brakes with red calipers? I think it's just red brake calipers. Yeah. But, you know, the braking was strong. The real area of standout was it's turning radius hmm. like lock to lock you can go so far over left and right with the actual direction of the wheels and what that means is okay a few extra half turns of the wheel when you're parking but you can maneuver this big suv in very tight spaces thanks to it and like that is it's a real standout thing because you know i've driven some cars in the last couple of years that rightfully are not living up to what they should be in terms of right you know, maneuverability in tight spaces. Yeah. All right. When we come back, I want to talk to you about kind of what is new for 2023. Is there anything new? I, I haven't heard anything quite yet other than this package, this stealth package. I like 440 horsepower. Don't get me wrong. But I want to see, you know, here we are, 2023. I want some new sheet metal or something. I don't know. We'll talk with George Kennedy more about this new expedition. It is the drive. Don't go anywhere. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, it is the drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Thanks to our friends at uh, Subaru Love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. You'll hear their commercials playing on the show. Uh, we appreciate the long-term sponsorship from Subaru. Uh, George Kennedy joining us from Car Tender, Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News, and World Report. And he reports here on the drive, and he's driving the new 2023 Ford Expedition and uh, so, George, you were talking about all kind of the underpinnings and the drivability of it, what have you. Was there anything yet that is new to 2023 that you had been talking about? Just curious, because that's all 2022 stuff, too, right? Yeah. So for lar it's largely a carryover, but that's only because 2022 saw a number of updates. So ah. it received refreshed front end styling. It got a sort of a new partially automated drive mode. There was a Timberline edition. And then it got this big infotainment system the sync 4 infotainment system mm. and that you know if you see this on some new vehicles new ford vehicles like the expedition and others it looks like the is it the monolith from yeah. 2001 <laughs> space odyssey yeah. rising out of the dash yeah that's funny. big right it's big it's this giant screen that is vertically mounted 
On the plus side, Apple CarPlay looks fantastic on it. It spreads out over the whole screen. Yeah. You know, you're not, you know, retrying to touch anything. You just, you can, it's very easy to read. Right. They also include a volume knob, and it's really cool. The volume knob is oh. in the in the middle of the screen at the bottom. It's a must have. So it can take yeah. It can take on in the middle of the screen, which is really cool. But it can take on different roles. So like if you're in climate control, you can change the uh, the fan speed. If you're in just regular mode, it can change the volume. Ah, what so I it, it's a rotary knob that then as you change things on the screen, it becomes the touch point for that. So that if you're driving, you want to keep your eyes on the road, you can use your hand. To turn well, up and, and down is, or whatever. This is not like BMW iDrive where there's the touch screen and there's a separate little rotary knob. This dial is floating in the middle of the screen. Oh, bizarre. I know. It's pretty neat. I, I commend them for that. So it's, it's a really digital cool. It's a digital knob? No, it's a tactile knob dial. Oh. Right. So think, think about it this way. Like Cadillac is starting to get into some really cool things with regards to infotainment systems. They're doing these like not bound by square objects, sort of these OLED touchscreens mm. and they can make these cool curvaceous shapes in the same regard forward what they're doing is they can place things like a volume dial in the middle of the screen and have a little screen in the center of the dial like a donut hole and then have the rest of the screen kind of form around it and it looks seamless well oh, bizarre now i gotta go look at it i can't picture it with my mind's eye but i can but i can't you know until i sit there and look at it and go oh because i do like knobs right. i got to admit sometimes I want to turn something down. It's like I'm listening. I want to, my phone rings or whatever, or somebody's talking, and I don't want to look down because I'm concentrating on driving too fast, like normal. Uh, right. You know, and right. it's like I can kind of feel my way around there. But when there's no knobs, it just seems like I've talked to a lot of the folks that are on the show with me here, and you know, some car companies just don't put knobs. I mean, I guess. And the one that was a real big bone of contention with you was Mazda. And then I've heard that from several people. So these little little things become big things to people that are, you know, that are knob people. I'm a knob guy, even though I like the big right. screen, you know. Oh, yeah. You're a knob guy, all right. I am. To and, knock it off. <laughs> and, well, what the funny thing is, though, so, you know, some automakers get some things right and other things wrong. And then, you know, conversely, yeah. you have different things right, different things wrong. So Mazda has that confusing infotainment system, but they've got, you know, hard point buttons for the heated and cooled seats. Yeah. The Ford system, those heated seats and the heated steering wheel are all baked into the touchscreen. So if I want to, I can't even just hit the, the button a couple of times to, to go, all right, turn it on. Then, you know, three, two, one in terms of level, turn right. it off. Right. You press this heated seat button and it brings up a little sliding toggle on a third of the screen. <laughs> and then you got to slide it up or slide it down. It's, I keep coming back to this. Did they not go and just grab somebody off the street and say, hey. What do you, you think know, of this? Yeah. yeah. You know, save a radio preset or, yeah. or something like that. Right. You know, turn off and on the, you know. It's got to be intuitive is what you're saying. And it's, it's just not. I mean, it becomes, right. but you have to go through all these screens, which takes your eyes off the road, I think, which I, anyway. It's okay. distracting. It is distracting. It is distracting. It's a detriment from a safety standpoint. Ooh. I'm curious. I mean, this, this is just a general thought, right, across, across the industry where people, where the automakers go too far down, they let's bake everything in the screens. Yeah. I know for some degree they're trying to chase after Tesla. Yeah. But Tesla is, they're doing really well in sales, but they're still a niche vehicle when everything is all said and done. And more people on the road just want to interact with the car the same way they've been interacting exactly. in the last 20 years. This is why classic cars are going through the roof, because people just want life simple again. Let me ask you, what was the price of this car? Yeah, so the Ford Expedition starts at $52,000, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. 
We drove the limited rear wheel drive, which starts at 67,000. Yeah. The, yeah, but then for that stealth edition, which also includes a, a boost in output, which is really important, that's $10,000 option right there. So it, it goes up fast. Good Lord. So you're in the 80s. Yep. Good Lord. Well, that's the where things are going these days. An SUV, you know, 100,000 bucks, no problem. It's, can I say the good old days are gone? Because this world is changing and we're going to have to, uh, Learn how to deal with it. I, my guess is, and uh, anyway, thank you for the the update on the uh, 23 expedition. My guess is that they're going to have to go to 10 and 15 year financing at some point, you know? It's going to be scary. To yeah. make it affordable. Because it's one thing when you're my age and you've got grandkids, but what about my kids that have kids that need a new vehicle, that want a new vehicle, that can't afford a new vehicle? You know, that's the... That's the sucky part, but it is what it is. I'm sure it was an awesome vehicle. You didn't really say anything negative about it. It fits you, um, you know, other than the negative of being just a, you know, it's kind of personal preference on your uh, electronics love affair or the opposite well, of that. Just, just remember, you can get a base model that has a smaller screen and more right. dials. So right, 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 right. It, when in doubt, just spend less money. <laughs> there you go. There you go. When in doubt, spend less money. We'll take a break. George wants to talk about uh, some Sebring stuff going on this weekend. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra, built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra. This is... The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is also brought to you in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Another long-term sponsor. We sure appreciate that. George Kennedy is here. He represents Car Tender. He writes and uh, does videos for Car Gurus, cargurus.com, Boston Globe, and U.S. News and World Report. And he reports here on The Drive. But he is also a hardcore motorsports fan he is the enthusiast where, like, uh, Stephen Cole Smith uh, is the motorsports reporter, and that's what he's been doing for forever. George comes at it from a totally different opinion here because he is an enthusiast, and he is there, you know, not to report on it just because he loves it. So what is it you're going to be watching or attending or doing something with this weekend? So this weekend I'm definitely going to be torn because, on the one hand, I will be watching Hours of March Madness. But in between that, I'll be watching not one, but two races that are happening down at Sebring in Florida, which is a old World War II era, you know, air base that's been converted into a road track. Mm. And it's, you know, it's international sports car racing. So it's prototypes, which sort of look like these spaceships, almost like a more fully enclosed Formula One car. And then there's GT cars, which are sort of the souped up versions of road going cars. And so... There's two leagues, essentially. There's one in North America called IMSA. And I was just down. Uh, we spoke about this a few, maybe a month or two ago, about the Rolex Daytona 24 that was down at uh, Daytona Speedway. Right. And then there's the WEC, or World Endurance Championship. And that's the 
that's the series that the 24 hours of Le Mans, my favorite race in the world, is part of. Mm. So you've got international race cars, you've got you know domestic race cars, and by the way, there are domestic teams racing internationally, international teams racing here, and so there's a bit of crossover. It's a really cool era for this sport because there are a bunch of new teams involved. You know, we talked about Cadillac being involved in both WEC and IMSA. Mm-hmm. Porsche is involved in both. And then in the WEC, which happens on Friday, I think, you've got Glickenhaus, which is a private enterprise that built their own car. And you've got Ferrari, you've got Peugeot, you've got others. And Saturday, you've got the 12 hours of Sebring. And so that's got Acura, Honda has a car, BMW has a car, and then Cadillac once again has a car. Hmm. So if you were going to go racing, just curious, because you're, you're a, what are you, six foot three or whatever, we've just determined... That I know that you're probably yeah. only five foot six, but you like the world to think that you're six three, and so I mean, <laughs> cameras exist, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, nobody's ever seen you standing next to somebody that they know the height of. Anyway, what would you Fair what enough. would you go driving in? What would you go do if you could just say, you know what, I'll, I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to do what? I mean, I would probably do desert racing. Really? Right? Were there? Well, think about it. They're, they're trucks. They're bigger. I can fit it. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. For comfort is definitely an important factor. Trust me. I get it. So, you know, you know, I, I did uh, desert racing for a little while there. You know that, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. And then I did the, I, I went and took a tour with the Baja folks uh, a few years back and got to do their buggy, which essentially is, you know, Subaru powered. Right. Uh, right. They, I think of motor out, I think of out of an Outback or Forester. Yep. And they, they crank it up and they put it in this special tube frame. Are you talking about wide open Baja? I am. Yeah, I did that too. I raced just so you know, we did the race. Oh, it was like 2003 or four. And my co-driver in that was Jesse James from monster garage. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a long story. <laughs> but that was his first desert race. But then in 2006, I raced with Hummer, and we won the Baja 500 in our category. So I got... Yeah, Hummer, doesn't that sound a little bit more comfortable than... Oh, you know, my. Let me tell you. Pulling, you know, pulling... These, these race cars, even if you think like a, like a BMW M4 is one of the cars that's racing this weekend. Yeah. It's not just a BMW M4 where you open the door. There's a tube frame chassis. Oh, yeah. You got to crawl. But wait a minute. You have to... Excuse me, you got to do the same thing in these in these race cars because they got you know tube frames. And I did the uh, Class One Unlimited one year, I think it was '03, and you have to go in through the roof. And let me just tell you something: the guy got off the road, and I had to crawl back out through the roof to get him off. And and I forgot that I didn't unplug my oxygen oxygen air. There's like an air source. Uh, and I didn't. I, I unplugged my air source, and then I didn't lift my my um, the clear plastic so I could breathe, and I almost passed out on the racetrack on the on the course out in the desert. You know, it's row row cars going by hundred miles an hour. Be, <laughs> let this be a message to your listeners that anybody out there going, oh, it's auto racing. Oh, I could do it. Yeah, these, these folks lose like a gallon of sweat. Oh yeah, racing all day. Eight ten right? pounds it's, easy. Yeah. All right, the, George. The lateral G's that are on your head. Yeah, exactly. you, you and me need to go racing someday in the desert. I, I'm, I'm game to go back and do that. And I know the guys that own Wide Open Baja. You guys try that sometime. That's fun. That's George Kennedy. You well, can find him on the Car Gurus. Thank you, George. Boston Globe, U.S. Yeah. News and World Report. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back.
Auto news, videos, and real world reviews. Find us online at thedrivewithallentaylor.com. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, on the n- normal day, our show airs Saturday morning. And Saturday morning it is. And Stephen Cole Smith, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to get a hold of him because he's at Sebring. And so, I, but he's on the line from Sebring. Uh, as George Kennedy found was their, just found a quiet place. <laughs> okay, good. So uh, George Kennedy, you know, he's not a motorsports guy. He's more of an off-roader kind of guy. But he was really jonesing on Sebring. And but you're there. Uh, what do you want the world to know about Sebring? I, I think from your perspective, it's going to be a whole lot different than a, an enthusiast like George. What's what's going on? Well, there's a pretty big controversy going into Sebring that stems back to Daytona, which was a month ago. But the penalty only came down a week or so ago um, on the lead car. They cheated. Oh. There's no way around it. They cheated and won. They were allowed to keep the win, but everything else was taken away, the prize money and all that. They got to keep the Rolex watches. (laughs) But they managed to, you know how you get in a newer car and it pops up the tire pressure. Yeah. You know, you got 41 in the left front and 42 in the right front. Right. You can do the same thing on a computer on a race car, and there's a minimum tire pressure that you are supposed to run at at Daytona. You could run a little bit less, and you would go faster, but it wasn't safe to do that. Mm. So you had to maintain a minimum tire pressure. Well, they managed to gerrymander the computer to where they ran a lower tire pressure, and it came out on the computer as being... A legal tire pressure. Oh, my God. And 
that was the Acura team of Meyer Shank Racing. Honda <laughs> Acura found out about it. Oh. Said we don't want to win this way and turned them into IMSA. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I love that. Good Which for them. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, I went back for Haggerty, and I pulled my story from the Daytona race, and I said, basically to paraphrase. The uh, Meyer Shank car gets out of the corners faster than any other car does, and it seems like it's able to pass anybody on the track at will. Oh. Um, that they found something that nobody else has found. Well, what they found was cheating. <laughs> so uh, they got it, and they got to win the race. But going into Sebring, there really hasn't been an apology. There's a lot of hard feelings about uh, the number two car which was uh, Wayne Taylor Racing's, uh, oh, the other Acura, wow. which apparently did do it legally. So uh, it's uh, it's been a controversy going into Sebring, and we'll see what happens at the end of the race. But wow. I'll guarantee everybody's going to be running legal tire pressures here. Wow. Well, isn't that, you know, I mean, can I say this delicately? That's kind of the way it's always been is with racing is like, what is that edge that will give you that, that tenth, you know? And when you well, find we've, it, we've had the same thing in NASCAR. Right? I mean, NASCAR owns IMSA, but NASCAR race last week, uh, William Byron from Hendrick racing won. the Hendrick cars did really well. They had an illegal louver on the hood. And they were allowed to keep their positions, but lost everything else, including the crew chiefs for like a month. Wow. So they've had to come up with new crew chiefs. But that's one of the things that kind of annoys me about NASCAR. They had the hood louver on there for practice. And the hood louver is right there where you look at it. It's a hole in the hood. You open the hood, you see where it goes. But they were allowed to practice with it, so they assumed it was legal. Mm. And then after the race, NASCAR decided it wasn't mm. and took away everything. NASCAR has always pretty much let whoever appeared to win the race, and you went home thinking so-and-so won the race, they let him keep the victory. And since NASCAR owns him, so that's kind of the same way that they've been with those guys. Mm. But at some point, they're going to have to start taking victories away from some of the cheaters yeah. and uh, just letting the number two or the number three teams win. I remember hearing, I think it was from Vic Edelbrock. They sponsored the show for a number of years, and I used to hang out with him, and I used to ask him, you know, like, so what's the craziest thing you ever did <laughs> to see if he would admit to things? And then he says, well, and he laughed, and he goes, you know, and then he starts telling me stories. I don't know if he admitted he did it or they did it or whoever did it, but they would acid dip car bodies back, you know, in the seven, 60s and 70s to right. lighten them up. And was that legal or illegal? I can't remember. It was very illegal um, <laughs> to, to modify the bodies that way. That's something that Smokey Eunuch, um, you know, what it was, was a genius, yeah. figured out. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff, though, because, you know, it's just so funny. It really is funny. You have to admit, you can laugh at Now, I wouldn't laugh if I was in the racing world, but as an outsider right. looking in, that is so funny to me. I don't well, know. Well, that's one of the problems with NASCAR now is you've got crew chiefs who are so smart and so ingenious, but their hands are tied by the rules. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, the rules were a little bit more lax, and you could you could freelance with the car. You could take it and 
work on it. That's one of the things that Bill Oberlin, who's probably the oldest guy in IMSA, said that he misses was practicing on a car and then taking it back to the shop and making it go faster after practice. Well, you can't do that anymore. Mm. You're pretty well locked into a, a box with the engine and the transmission and the body itself and the aerodynamics to where there's really not much that a really, a really talented crew chief can do except make sure they have good pit stops and make sure they have good strategy. Mm. Bill Oberlin, the old man of IMSA. I mean, is he in his 40s? He can't. He's not. I think he's actually in his fifties now. I Is he really? I yeah, love I think that he's guy. Fifty-two. Yeah, nice could guy. Be wrong. That's so funny. All right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, calling in from uh, Sebring, Stephen Cole Smith. He is the man for motorsports behind Haggerty and Grassroots Motorsports. We'll be right back. It is the drive. Stay with us. Sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, it's time to talk motorsports. We have Stephen Cole Smith here, Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. Um, Steve, um, drag racing started last weekend. I, you were there, weren't you? I was there at uh, Gainesville uh, Raceway. Um, it's the first time they've started the season there, I think. They mm. usually start in Pomona. But uh, they're going from Florida to uh, Phoenix as the next race. But it was a great weekend. It was perfect weather, a sellout crowd. I tell you, Alan, motorsports is back. Mm. You know, they sold out the Phoenix race wow. for NASCAR. They're selling out. You know, they sold out the Daytona 500. Wow. Even on short tracks, it's, uh, you know, we're definitely over the uh, the coma that we were in from COVID, and people are going to the races again, which is great. Yeah, no doubt. You know, it it seemed kind of bleak for me for a little while, and I, if I didn't have you, I probably would have fallen back further into, like you say, the coma of, you know, just it just seems so bleak. You know, that all everybody right. was talking about electric this and. You know, and there was nobody in the stands, and it was just, gosh, the world was kind of coming undone at the seams. But I think, you know, Americans especially, we have such a zest for life. And um, yeah. thank God we're just, you know, starting to live again. And then, of course, comes the banking crap, but that won't stop oh, us from going man. to the races, you know. Anyway, so uh, give us a little, uh, you know, update on drag racing. Well, it was uh, it was Matt Hagen won Funny Car for oh. Tony Stewart Racing. Tony Stewart was there, yeah. and didn't do great in his own debut. And well, it's it's the second race actually, but it's his first race as uh, part of the season. He'll be running all year in top alcohol direction, which is kind of cool. 
Tony's a, a great guy, and That's he so owns Matt Hagen's team and his wife, Leah Pruitt's team. So right. he's a drag racer. He said he would rather be at a drag race than a NASCAR race any day. Oh, really. my gosh. Smoke. Is, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like nobody knows that. You, you just, I mean, that's big news right there. So he's, he's not just yeah. playing. He's, he's in it for real. Well, he he's makes NASCAR races when there's no drag racing. But uh, if there's drag racing, that's where he is. Wow. That's wild. I had no idea. Because he, he's done a little bit of everything. And I thought he's just doing that little bit of everything so that it's part of his uh, repertoire, you might say. But no, he's passionate about it. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's signed on as a drag racer. There's no question about that. Wild. Wild. Where does it go next, drag racing? Uh, next, I go to Phoenix. It looks like everybody but the pro stock bikes will be there. I don't think they're running. That was really a great story. Uh, there's a kid named Gage Herrera who had just started racing for Vance and Hines. And in his very first day, his first race, he had the fast time. Every time he ran, ended up winning the Wally Trophy at the end on mm. his very first uh, outing wow. for Vance and Hines. It was pretty amazing. Mm. And has drag racing, I mean, you know, we were talking about uh, cheating and stuff in the uh, IMSA racing. Does drag racing lend itself to cheating like that, or is it just virtually impossible because of the uh, just the, the eyes that are on everything? You know, I can't remember the last time somebody got penalized for cheating at drag racing at the top level. I guess you could mix in a little bit more nitro in the nitromethane, but you're liable to blow up the engine. Right. But it just doesn't seem to be the problem. I think one reason is the pits are open. Right. You know, you can, you know, every ticket is a pit pass with NHRA, and you've got 100 eyes watching you as you get that car ready to go. So I think there's just, you know, I don't want to say it's honor among thieves, but it's honor among racers Mm. when it comes to uh, NHRA. That's so funny to hear that because, I mean, literally before you you said it, I was thinking, because I've taken my kids when they were kids. They're all adults and have kids of their own now. But my kids have been with all these great racers, and I have pictures of them. And for the most part, when we're talking about drag racing, they're so willing to communicate with the fans, and maybe that's why drag racing, you know, still has the allure that it has. I mean, the the thumping and the pumping of the engines and all the noise, and but the ability to be in the pits, but all those extra eyes. To your point, and that's what I was thinking. Man, all those extra eyes. Somebody could call out a cheater if they saw something, and I and I think yeah. they would. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I think they would. Yeah, I think I would if mm-hmm. it was somebody I didn't like, but. It's, uh, you know, Kurt Busch ran pro stock one race about two years ago. And I asked him what you learned during their period here at NASCAR. And he said, fan friendliness. Yeah. It's just something that NASCAR doesn't have compared yeah. to, uh, to NHRA. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's my favorite series to cover. The PR people are great. Uh, it's just, Generally, every time I get there, there's a pit pass, there's a parking spot, there's everything they promise that I have to fight for when I go to other series. So I loved covering NHRA, and I wish I could do it more. You know, it's funny. I've met so many people along the path of this career for the last 30-some-odd years. I remember Andy Granatelli and his brothers and interviewing these guys, and they were just, just, you know, 
car guys, you know, talking cars and, you know, right. just, and I, I've had so many, you know, interesting things that have happened. And I look and I wonder what today's journalists, what they will be able to experience. And I think only through the NHRA is any of that even possible anymore. What do you think? Yeah, NHRA, that at Gainesville, you have a seat right at the start-finish line. And, I mean, I'm sitting there, and I'm not 100 feet away from the starting line, and I've got a perfect view of everything. When I go to Sebring, it was used to be the same way. They had a great press room up in the tower, and you could watch the race go on. Well, they decided to sell that to uh, Suites. And now they put us in a building that uh, you're not going to see any of the race. It's mm. possible to cover the entire Sebring race without ever actually seeing a car on the track, mm. which I think is too bad. It's, yeah. uh, it takes a lot away from the reason I go to races, and that's to watch them race, yeah. not to watch them on TV. I could stay home and do that. Exactly. Stephen Cole Smith joining us right now. He is our motorsports guy. He also, uh, well, he does his main job is with Haggerty.com and Grassroots Motorsports. Our motorsports guy. Be right back with more of him and The Drive. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And joining us right now is my friend Stephen Cole Smith, Haggerty.com. You can find his writings about motorsports and other and grassroots motorsports. And, uh, Steve, I forgot to tell you, uh, Lauren Fix said to say hello. And BJ oh, Colleen, uh, same thing. They both said to say hello. Um, and you're, this is BJ's... Uh, this song, Sunshine in a Bag. I, I don't. She said, "Don't play that intro for anybody else." But sorry, I had to use it for you. Anyway, so uh, BJ is off uh, testing a car right now of some sort, and I have not driven much lately because the supply of media vehicles has been very, very low across the country. What have you right. driven lately? Well, I drove a, a Lexus uh, 350 down to Sebring. Yeah. Uh, hybrid. I got 29 miles per gallon, which is pretty good for an SUV. Yeah. But last week I had an SUV too. It was an Aston Martin. Looking at the sticker price right now, it's two ninety two five eighty six. Oh my. Two hundred ninety two thousand dollars, and you know it's it's it was a DBX seven oh seven, which is a, an amazing vehicle. 
It's got a twin turbo four liter V8 engine, not a hybrid, just a nine speed transmission. And you know how you drive a turbo and it changes gears and you get that little pop from the turbo. Right. Well, I got a loud pop from the two turbos. Oh man. But I tell you, it's, you know, I know you've driven cars like that too. Yeah. And it's, you're glad to see them come, but you're really glad to see them go too with no damage. Yeah, right. Because, you know, having a car that's worth more than my house in a driveway <laughs> is a, a nerve wracking experience. I've got a bunch of trees. Oh. One of them fell and crushed my Mini Cooper. No. So I'm just afraid that one of them is going to fall and crush something like this Aston Martin DBX 707. But oh, no. This thing was built strong enough to where I think it would have taken a pretty good sized tree. <laughs> to flatten it but uh man it was fun it was fun while it lasted okay i got an aston martin i got two aston martin stories with you probably why i haven't driven one in 10 years the first one is when i met carl brower about oh i don't know 20 years ago and carl and i were uh, teamed up in a car because when they do the ride and drive things you know you you team up with somebody and you change driver and passenger back and forth and uh, right. that was the time i got the uh Aston Martin Airborne going over a little bit of a hill at about 120 miles an hour. And oh, boy. <laughs> so didn't hurt anything at all. It was a perfect landing. I got it airborne. So that was thing number one. Actually, there's three things. Th thing number two is I passed a cop in Texas doing about 100 and, I don't know, 80, 180 miles an hour. Because, Holy cow. But I had the head of Aston Martin in the passenger seat. He says, go on, get on it. You know, he goes, let's see what this thing does. This was like 2011, okay? So I passed a, a pickup truck. I thought it's just a pickup truck. And I was like, went right on by him. And all of a sudden, I look in my mirror, and there's lights on. And, oh, uh, yeah, he didn't give me a ticket, believe it or not, because I told him, I said, hey, listen, we're out in the middle of nowhere here. I just wanted to see what it would do. And this is the head of Aston Martin. So thing number three is, to your point, nobody wants to wreck a $292,586 car. And right. when you hand it back and there's not a scratch on it, you're like, Whew. well, Alan Taylor driving down the freeway, doing the speed limit for once, and a chair flies out of the back of a truck as I'm getting on the freeway. And I literally, and I, there was nothing I could do, Steve. I had to run over the chair with the Aston Martin, which took the, oh, $3,000 little lip off, the carbon fiber lip off the front of the, the thing. Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, and, and damage the front yeah, bumper. Every, everything on the car is expensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, we're talking like a one-inch lip. <laughs> the paint, it was painted gray, and that was $5,000. Extra. Just for gray paint. Right, right. There was an extra charge for that color, probably. So, yeah, yeah, golly. But you know what? What wonderful cars. I still, to this day, have a little plaque. When you order a car, they give you a little plaque, you know, made especially for Alan Taylor. And uh, I have oh, a little plaque. One of these days, maybe... Maybe I'll own a car like that, but uh, but over, yeah. overall, you drove this DBX 707. Did you like it? I loved it. Uh, 697 horsepower is supposedly the fastest SUV, and I think my zero to 60 time was right at three seconds, which is wow. pretty amazing for uh, uh, something that weighs as much as this thing does. Good Lord. Um, yeah, 23-inch tires, I believe, 23 or 24. Um, just massive. Uh, you just felt like the king of the road wherever yeah. you are. Well, if you got $292,586, the new Aston Martin DBX 707 may be for you. Steve, thank you very much. 
You're, you're the best. Always a pleasure, my friend. I appreciate you. Haggerty.com. Appreciate Haggerty for loaning us, Steve, for a little bit of time each week or so. And Grassroots Motorsports. I'm Alan Taylor. That's about it for me this week. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Enjoy your weekend. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra, built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra.